ladies and gentlemen, good people, fine folk. This is another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. My name is Randy, joined as always by Tron Carter, Mr. TC. How are we today? I'm all right. I'm a little chippy, Randy. A little chippy. What's got you? What's got you feisty? By the time this goes out, everybody will have seen the DraftKings video. Uh, honest mistake. I went into a Heinz calculator. It spit out the wrong number a couple weeks ago, and you guys are punishing me it's for tough. it. It's tough. It's tough. We're. I think it's it's tough love. It's stern but fair. Just, just you know, I don't enjoy. I take no pleasure from it. Uh, so, they're, so they're making me do all this bullshit with Martin Trainer. <laughs> so anyway, s- send it to Mr. Jeezy, Randy. Oh, thank you, Mr. Jeezy. Wonderful to hear your voice again. I hope everything's been well uh, for you and yours. Tron, we are in the City of Angels, Los Angeles this week. It's It feels a bit overwhelming. I hate going to these big cities like this. I don't even know where to, to jump in, but uh, I'm happy about our guest. We'll get to that person here in a little bit. Uh, housekeeping. I, I wrote down top of my mind was uh, from a couple weeks ago, the Saudi episode. Good news. Uh, Saudi activist Lohan Al-Hathlul was released from prison. We love seeing that. Great news. Uh, she had, of course, been detained since May of 2018. Jesus, for her role in... Uh, I bet she's driving all over the place right now. Over there. For her role in lifting uh, the female driving ban. So that was cool. Uh, honestly, I didn't have any mea culpas, though. Pebble last week. Did you have anything? I didn't either. I, I think we were we were spot on with everything. And the people love Joanne. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, they were they were getting on her a little bit about how many times she she shouted out her club where <laughs> she's a member. <laughs> well, hey, listen. By all accounts, it sounds like a great club. Mister Poosh said they they have some some fun uh, fun things going on between some of the holes there too. And you can just like roll off into the woods yeah. and you know do do all kinds of different different things. Um, yeah, clean week. Almost a, a disarmingly clean week. Perfect game, baby. Yeah. Um, so big, big props to Joanne. Uh, God, TC, we got a couple places we can dive in here. Where, where do you want to start? Uh, I want to congratulate you on, you know, maybe not the result you were looking for, but your Kings. They stepped up the other night. They didn't quite beat the Sixers, but, uh, I was I was impressed with I was impressed with the performance. Impressed it, it, with the effort. It was a good effort. You know, the Philadelphia size exposed some some holes that the Kings have, a little lack of depth in, in spots. Philly got my ass a little bit. You know, I, I had I'd lathered them all up. I, I was with my Penn Station cheesesteak takes, and uh, I think they delighted in in letting me know their their Sixers beat the Kings. 
I will say, since that loss, they've lost two straight, and it's it's been horrible. Just the, the, horrendous efforts. The Grizz beat the shit out of them last night. Yeah, which a little house divided there for me, but just terrible efforts. Um, Why'd they hold uh, hold both the dudes out the other night? I, I, I didn't read anything about that. I, I don't know if it's they thought they still had enough to beat the Magic at home, which, honestly, they probably should have, but... Kind of blew up in their face. A lot of lot of folks are are sliding in saying, "Randy's a, a, a Kings fan. This is sick." You know, all sorts of all sorts of Sacramentans are. I'm not sure what you call someone from Sacramento. Sac- yeah, what, what would that be? Sacramentoians, Sacramentites. <laughs> yeah. uh, TC, stick it on the NBA. Your Jazz are. They're unstoppable. It's they're, a, they're playing the Sixers tonight. It's a fine. It's it's a well-oiled machine won right like now. Like seventeen of eighteen. It is and Conley hadn't even been playing the last few games. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> I would. Uh, you know, Donovan. Donovan Mitchell's had a couple stinkers too, and they've just Joe Ingles and. Um, uh, Bogdanovich and then uh, Jordan Clarkson's really stepped up too. So he's he's like uh, he's like the new George Hill, you know, just like a professional professional guard. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's kind of been around some places. Uh, I I was I was lamenting that their game the other night against the Bucks wasn't on national TV. I, I'm demanding the Jazz be put in more national TV spots. I, I need to. Partly my fault, but you know they're not getting the exposure that I, I like, the stinky Mavs. Luca, Luca's getting yeah. terribly Got overexposed last night. Uh, you know, my sons need more national exposure too. The Trailblazers are the other team that's just the darling of uh, ESPN and, and TNT, and the Nugs. You know, it's like uh, fine, the okay teams, but the West is too good. You got to spread the love a little in the West. I totally agree. Um, I'm struggling here to find what people. It's called a Sacramentan. Hmm. Yeah. Um, which which is kind of kind of a mediocre moniker there. Uh, it, well, I think we've got to go next to uh, Urban. Ur- busy week for herbs. Yeah. I hired totally vetted and hired Chris Doyle, of course, the disgraced former Iowa athletic trainer, strength and conditioning coach. Which all the all the you know people trying to cancel cancel culture. I don't even think this is about cancel culture. He gave like you know ten percent of the team rabdo. Yeah, and just seemed like kind of a dick to begin and, with. And I think would they have like over a dozen players uh, on the record talking about you know racist. Remarks that he made uh, to them. Just being a bully. And honestly, he got like a $1 million severance package from Iowa. He was the highest paid strength and conditioning coach at Iowa forever. Like he survived the Rabdo case somehow. Uh, and then and then eight months was, later gets a promotion. Was too. just riding the Kurt Ferentz gravy train. And, so, and yeah, then, Urban, yeah, Urban, Urban hired got, him. Urban got back down about, you know, less than a week later and, and – uh, you know, it was a it was a swift reversal. Well, what was your favorite part, Urban? You know, having to so quickly reverse course and eat his words and backpedal, or him wanting to bring Trevor Balky in and you Trent, know Trent Trent, Trent make yeah. it sound like you know it was it was listen it wasn't just my decision. They organizational statement. Yeah, organizational. God, 
Not good. Not good. Uh, speaking of which, how's your how's your uh, search for a new place to live going? You know, well, this whole Chris Doyle thing, I think, really motivated me. I'm going to tell the people you, you're hearing it first. I'm going to release a preliminary uh, shortlist by, what's today, the 15th of February. I will release this by the end of February, February 26th, Friday. All right. I will, I will put it on Twitter. Uh, this will be 10 to 12 places that have made my 10, 10 to 12. My preliminary shortlist. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm prepared to do that. I was just disgusted with this, with this whole fiasco. Are you setting week. up any site visits? Uh, not yet. None. Uh, I think that's the logical next step once we get this. Have you put together an RFP? Not yet, but that's, that's actually a good. I need to do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's been more word of mouth so far. Gotcha. Um, no, but back on the Jags, does the Trevor Lawrence surgery matter? I don't think so, right? I mean, he I, should so he's be gonna back be out in like, like five to six months. He should be back in July or early August. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any motivation to to sit him. You know, does he take a redshirt year? Does it is that not necessary? I mean, they're gonna, you know, I'd rather him suck this year to begin with, and then you know, get some bad bad feelings going with Urban, and then. Maybe get some some uh, some health issues popping up for Urban <laughs> early in the tenure. Oh God! Um, wine of the month club, TC. I think we need to get a circle back I'm here. Excited about this one. I know you. You just had a huge order, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've got orders coming in all the time, man. <laughs> all the time. So yeah, actually, uh, this uh, radio silence. Um, so through, let me back yeah. up and tell listeners, this is through Wine Access. Uh, they can go to www.wineaccess.com slash trap draw. I'll get you 15% off your first three purchases. TC and I are doing a wine of the month. We, we started it very late in January. So kind of our, our hybrid January, February pick is Radio Silence. Uh, it's a Napa Valley cab. Perfect uh, for farmers, Riv, Pebble. You know, we've we've been in uh, California here for a few weeks with the tour. Ideal winter wine, too. Yeah, just yeah, a lot of a lot of black fruit on it. Um, some you know mocha, uh, and it's got you know, French oak, cedar, all sorts of you know very very vibrant, luxurious notes to it. So uh, no, I I had this over the weekend and uh, I cooked it with or I I cooked some New York strip. Steaks up and had some oysters and then had this um, treated Alex to it. Uh, and it was it was lovely. A little Valentine's Day. It was lovely. A little yeah. Valentine's yeah. Day meal. No, seriously, this is probably a bottle of wine that should be like four or five X. Well, that's the what the, one of my favorite things is. It's a, it's a coup from uh, from Oakville, right? Like whatever, where, these, these grapes are grown uh, like a uh, very popular, prestigious. Yeah place i guess i don't yeah. <laughs> i don't really know much yeah. about um but yeah get to wine access um you know wineaccess.com go to the site they are uh i know that i know and i know based on the dms i've gotten too because i posted about it on instagram the other day and yeah. a bunch of people like oh my god radio silence dude, that's like one of my favorites so um get there because they will probably be selling out here pretty quickly if they do sell out, and actually one of my favorite things with wine access, I've made a couple of orders trying to get more involved in the wine game. They'll give you other examples. Like if, if, if you're into a wine like Radio Silence, they give you all kinds of different options that might fit your palate yeah. and your interests. And so I found their website, uh, you know, I, I found their website really easy to navigate. 
Uh, I love the information it gives in terms of tasting notes, um, how to serve it, you know, whether chill it for 20 minutes, um, and then food pairings. Like for a dummy like me, that's exactly what I need. Randy, I like, I like, I like knowing that you're, you're chilling your reds a little bit. I, that's the biggest thing I've, that's I've learned. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I always was just a room temperature red guy and now it's, you got to throw it in the fr- uh, refrigerator for 20 to 30 minutes. Big guys all grown up now. Get it? What is it like? Fifty-five degrees? Is that sixty? Yeah, it, I mean, it depends. Like Pinot Noir, a little bit cooler, or something course, like this. Probably six, sixty-one or sixty-two degrees. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, well, cool. Once again, uh, that's our wine of the month. The first one is Radio Silence, and you can find that at WineAccess.com/slash/trapdraw. And if you don't like it, they'll credit you the bottle. Like it's like no risk proposition here. So, uh, yeah, fifteen percent off. Uh, when you follow the wine access trap draw link. So can't beat it. Can't beat it. Love it. Love it. What else is going on, Randy? Um, your, your man, uh, Fernando Alonso almost got got on, on a bicycle up in the Alps, right? Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was a little nerve wracking, uh, out on a training ride in Lucerne got hit. I guess he fractured his jaw, but I did read he's out of the hospital. Hate that. I know. Uh, you know, we're only like a little, like a month away from the start of F1. Yeah. What's the opening race? They, it's not Melbourne, They moved right? Australia. Yeah, they moved Australia. It's, it's Bahrain, but it's not the outer ring. <laughs> it's, it's the regular track. Well, we will always have the Sakir <laughs> Grand Prix. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was good news. I saw some news out of Red Bull today. Um, I miss that. What's that? They're, they're, they've signed on with Honda to produce the power units for the next few years until the full, you know, regulations take place. So Honda's back? Honda, kind of. They're just going to, like, they're basically handing off the technology or the plans to Red Bull, and then they'll kind of collaborate on it. But Honda okay. will continue to supply. Mm. I like that. I do, too. I, mean, I didn't want to see them have to go back to I, Renault. I, I was going to say, I, I, I like having Honda in the game. Um, some late breaking news. Our guy Pac-Man got arrested. Yeah. I'm, I'm withholding judgment. He, he posted on Instagram a little bit ago. That he's, <laughs> he's out. He's out free. Um, supposedly, he kicked and punched someone until they were unconscious. I'll, I'll say this straight up. In the wee hours of Monday morning. Uh, two things. One, you know, Pac-Man, he's going to catch a misdemeanor every now and again. <laughs> That's just the, the price of doing business, uh, living that lifestyle. Two, I really think now um, he's matured a little bit. He's been turned a lot. I'm sure this person deserved it. Yeah, I I don't 100%. know anything about the story. I'm gonna I have to read into it, but I I have confidence that whoever he beat the shit out of probably deserved it. And Pac's wife is a national treasure. Oh my god, she should be the Ryder Cup <laughs> captain. You yeah. know, we're talking about Ryder Cup captains. Yeah, go get Pac-Man's wife. Yeah, like the baddest, fan. the the baddest. Um, but yeah, he's um, you know, I think. Just, just don't play with the guy. No, no, no. Right, no. and he's he, obviously he takes President's Day very seriously. Of course, he's out, you know, out Sunday night and in, <laughs> into the wee hours of Monday morning. Of course, you know. Um, gosh, what else we got? You know, I, I think we got to touch on this. We've got some Publix news. <sighs> I, you know what? It's not even news. Let's not even talk about it. People are fed up. People aren't going to let the the. I'm, I'm, I'm giving Publix a. You know, 
this week. Are you still then, giving them your business? No, I haven't been there. I'm, I'm like exclusively Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Snyder's pretzels. And then I went to Winton Dixie for those. But no, I'm not, I, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll have, when the tour gets to Florida next week, we can talk all about Publix. Okay. Because their HQ is right down the street from concession, you know? Yeah. In, I, in uh, Lakeland. I thought you were going to talk about the the Urban Kroger sponsorship from his days at Ohio State. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. It's, we, it, we can talk about that next good. week too if you want to. Sure. Sure. I, um, I think it falls well short of uh, what Publix has going on, but we can we can certainly break that down in more detail next week. Our man uh, Huntsman, Man Integrated, shouted him out in our newsletter. I, I was going to say, you've been making some inroads. <laughs> <laughs> inroads, no pun intended. You've been, you've been breaking down some of the choke points to him. Yeah, so uh, more to come there, I think. Uh, some news out of, out of the Ladies European Tour. They released their schedule. I did see that. What uh, like a seven million dollar seven million dollars in purses? Um, and then they've got uh, twenty seven events. They have a they have back to back bone saw invitationals. Really? Yeah. That's Huge. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that, there's no other way to put it's, that. It's, it's a true Alonzo morning. Yeah, I Megan McLaren who uh, plays on the LET. And it's going to be doing some extra stuff this year as well. Uh, wrote a really thoughtful, introspective piece about the the ladies' event in Saudi Arabia. If anybody wants to check that out, she's got a she's got a great blog. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one for me to square. They've got the uh, uh, Aramco Saudi Ladies International presented by Public Investment Fund, mm-hmm. uh, the fourth to the seventh of November, and then they have the tenth through the twelfth of November. They have the uh, Aramco's team series in Jeddah at Royal Greens Golf Club there as well. Uh, very excited to see the magical Kenya Ladies Open on there. Yeah. And the Euro Tour is going back-to-back in Kenya. We well. got we got we gotta, added a second Kenya event. We got to find a Kenyan yeah. uh, expert. I think we, we have to. I'm excited for that. Uh, all, our, all our listeners in Nairobi uh, – you know, please pass along yeah. any ideas. Karen Country Club. It's gonna be it's gonna be popping off two weeks in a row there. Um, gosh, what else? We had you know there was some some stuff of you know some more things about your boy, um, MBS intimidating people. He didn't like the documentary. No, no, and he was intimidating all sorts of Canadians and yeah. The the, the guy in the documentary, yeah, right? Yeah, not our, good. Our guy Abdul Aziz. Okay. Oh my god. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that is loud was that mbs uh no that was a, a spammer from wilmington ohio <laughs> gosh uh anything else in the housekeeping no i didn't really have anything else just a busy week honestly just trying to effort a lot of people for this we had so many people for this effort. episode um it just was overwhelming uh I don't know about you. I started at uh, – I put a note out to Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah. I was asking her, uh, and then when she politely declined, I asked her if she could put me in touch with James Kennedy. DJ James Kennedy. <laughs> he uh, – I, I never got a response from him, unfortunately. So Hate Hate I know. That. I know. It was it was just tough. I didn't quit, though. Mayor's office is where I went next. Garcetti. But – 
TC, I just we strike out every week, and I'm sick of it. You know, we can never get our our top guests. No, I know, and it's getting old. Obviously, my top guest is Uncle Juice. I uh, couldn't get a hold of of of, of Orenthal. Uh, so next, I reached out to Judge Ito, mm. Judge Lance Ito. Um, wasn't able to get a hold of him either. Cato Kalen. Um, the whole crew. Yeah, Mark Furman. I know you're a big Mark Furman guy. Do you know who I've been good? I don't know if you reached out to him or not. Carl Douglas. Oh, uh, yeah. Who's like working under Cochran. Uh, he's, he's a funny dude. He was the guy in the documentary. Right? <laughs> yeah. He, he always comes on. Uh, he makes appearances on the Dan Levitard show, and he's, he's quite the character. Uh, you know, I reached out to Junipero Sarah, the Franciscan friar. Um, oh, right. Wasn't able to get a hold of him. Hmm. Hate that. He probably couldn't do Zoom. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't think he's ever used the computer before. Um, who else? I, mean, I had Larry Fink on my list, the CEO of BlackRock. Uh, you know, of course, I, I wanted to know what it's like to have $6.5 trillion under management. Um by the way, he never answered. Speaking of Larry's, I, I I can't believe we forgot about this in uh, in the uh, housekeeping segment. Your, your your guy Larry Flint died. Oh, I know the smut king of Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. That was tough. As a as a Cincinnatian, you got to be be uh, torn up about that yeah, one. Yeah, there were there were a few just ongoing controversies that marked my time growing up in Cincinnati, and Larry Flint and his hustler store were uh, were one of them. So that that was tough, you know. Gosh, he did so much for for the Queen City. <laughs> tough, tough loss there. Who? Gosh, he rattled me a little bit there, TC. <laughs> uh, you know who I reached out to? I thought this would have been a really good guest. Is Ron Reagan, the Ronald's uh, boy, the anti-vax, anti-everything guy? Is he anti-vax too? Probably. He's like aggressively atheist. He's the guy you'll see those commercials about, like yeah. separating church and state. <laughs> Yeah. I, I want to talk to him. Uh, he, I bet he's got some provocative ideas. Uh, Milton Bradley, one of my favorite baseball players, Milton Bradley. I didn't know if uh, you meant the game, <laughs> the game maker. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe the game maker also from from LA, but uh, wasn't wasn't able to get a hold of of Milton Bradley. I had Lachlan Murdoch, Rupert's kid. Mm. Just, How many kids does does? Uh, Rupert have I don't know exactly he's he's got he's got a few spawns though um magic I thought magic Johnson yeah. would have been a great guest Irv Irvin Irv yeah uh who else did I have Michael Milken the old uh insider trader uh, hey, this is another one of those places where I just I have so much trouble of like who's actually from there and who I know who just you know spent Years and years and years there. Jeannie Buss, uh, if we're talking about the Lakers, I think she would have been great. Yeah. I saw Peter Thiel and Elon Musk. They must live out there now. They moved, I, yeah, those... they, I think they relocated from uh, – I know Thiel did. I think he relocated from the Bay Area down to L.A. I know those are – I was surprised. I thought those were your boys. I thought you might have had an no, inside line. No. Uh, come on, Randy. Anybody else? I'm just like I'm I'm overwhelmed by it. There's so many people. I know. So many people. Uh, ice. I'm a big Ice Cube guy. Suge Knight. Oh, gotta gotta keep the producer out of the video. Hugh Jackson. 
the, the actors and actresses are literally there are too many. Way too many. You know who was born in LA? Who? Jarrah. Really? Jerry Jones. JJ. Born in born in LA. His family moved back to Little Rock in 1945. So he he he, he was only there for a couple of years. Huh. During his, you know, very early adolescence. But but yeah. Well, let's introduce the who who do we get for this week? We got uh a good friend of ours. He's been involved in some of our some of our content previously, and um, got a Northland video coming out with him uh, in the coming coming weeks. Um, none other than Mr. Laz Versailles. Just kind of a, a general shit stir, yeah, in the best way. He's from. He's originally from Minnesota. Uh, moved out. Yeah, I, you know what? We'll t- we'll let him tell that. We'll okay. Let him tell that. All right, let's uh, let's let's get him on the horn now, uh, Laz Versailles. Hey, everybody, Randy here. Before we get to our conversation, I want to thank our other sponsor for today's episode, and that is DraftKings. TC, it's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash one hundred dollars. New customers can bet only $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. That I don't know if folks know anything about basketball. That's the definition of a free money giveaway. Uh, How'd the thing go the other night with the... Uh... The over. The over. I know. That's, that's, a good, um, that's a great question. It was the Nuggets. Uh, I would have was... participated, but it's, it's currently not legal. I know. I was the same I... way. I reside. Is that going to play into your uh, where you end up landing as far as residency? I think I, I I would I have to consider it. Of course, um, I'm seeing the Nuggets beat the Lakers one twenty two to one hundred five, mm-hmm. which and I'm seeing the over under was two nineteen. So I'd say it cashed. Good bet for for everybody that was hammering it. So this week, like I was saying, uh, all it takes is one three pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars. Is a slam dunk offer that won't be around forever. So head to the App Store now, download DraftKings Sportsbook, and get in on the action. And if basketball isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook has daily odds on hockey, soccer, of course, golf, pretty much anything anything you can think of. Right now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code TRAPDRAW, all one word, TRAPDRAW, to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code TRAPDRAW for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit just a single three-point shot. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. Thank DraftKings for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now on to our conversation. Laz, I I just got to say, I I forgot to mention, we did reach out to Richard Nixon. Mm. Uh, Did he he get back to you? He did not get back to us. Tricky day. Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen. very famous Los Angelinos. Was that yeah. two separate? I wonder if uh, President Nixon was worried about a potential second impeach- impeachment, and so he's kind of laying low. 
That's um, possible. That's possible. That could be it. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, Andy Reid reached out to him too. He he was born in uh, Los Angeles. You bet. You bet. So, well, Laz, what um, what do you want the folks to know about you? How, how how do you how would you introduce yourself and and establish your Los Angeles bona fides? I would say I am a transplant to the city, just like eighty percent of the other people that live here. I would say longtime uh, NLU supporter. Um, you know, I would say. I wouldn't call myself a golf writer necessarily when I meet people in general, but in this world, in this hemisphere, I would say golf writer, you know, contributor to golfers journal, maybe a lot of feathers, Randy, but what would you say? Sometimes golf writer. General shitster. I love general shitster. That's that's fair. uh, Yeah. I mean, I feel like you, you enjoy mixing it up with people. You kind of like poking at people. I think there's so much bullshit in golf these days that you kind of have to be a shitster at a certain level, you know, like, sure. I, I don't think you stomach a lot of the stuff that gets thrown out there. Well, you guys were, were finding community in the, uh, alignment on the, on the golf ball. Oh yeah. Stuff this weekend with, with burger and, uh, it just, you I, know what? Yeah. I, I think a golf ball, I think a golf ball should be, Pretty much white. You shouldn't get to just draw all these elaborate alignment aids on your golf ball, in my opinion. No, I totally agree with you. It is, you know, the loophole is you can mark the ball any way you want to include a perfectly straight line with like markings to aid your stance and club placement, which that's the problem, right? It's, It's just semantics and the wording of rules and People will abuse it and it's going to go on and it's going to get worse. And we're going to see people lining up tee shots like crazy with the line. And it's, I, yeah, the brakes got to be put on this train pretty quick here. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I have your back in the noble fight. So you can consider me part of the, uh, part of your army here. Laz, we've, we've done previous LA episode, uh, I, just one so far, right? We mm-hmm. did one with with Travis Rogers, right? Um, clearly, we we hit all the boxes. On that <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. Uh, that's yeah. How, Les, how the hell do we approach a place like Los Angeles? Well, I think there's, you know, I think you have to define what is Los Angeles. So there's what people call Greater LA. So like if you're in Berlin and somebody, let's say you grew up in Riverside and you're in Berlin, Germany, and somebody says, where do you live? You would say, I live in Los Angeles, right? Greater Los Angeles is from basically from San Diego to like Santa Barbara, right? It's big. It's 20 million people. It's when people say LA is like the eighth biggest economy in the world in and of itself, that's what they're talking about. If you talk about LA County, which gets you kind of to Long Beach all the way to say just short of where Rustic Canyon is in um, Ventura County. Now you're talking 10 million people, but you're taking everything from Pasadena, which is kind of its own little place. You're taking Long Beach, you're taking all of that and calling it LA County. But the city of LA proper is like 5 million people. And it's shaped kind of like a lamb chop, right? Like it's got this narrow um, corridor um, and kind of a bulbous top. And, and the reasons for that are 
water and access to ports, right? Like the city is born and spread from a hub in like downtown Los Angeles. So if you go there now, you can kind of see the beginnings of the city. Um, but the way water rights worked and the way kind of the missions um, and the way the city was set up, it just, it just grew in a really funky way. And it's a wildly cosmopolitan city, but it's also very Mexican, if you know, depending on where you're at. So it's, it blows me away when people say, I hate Los Angeles, because it's hard to, in and of the fact that the city offers you so much that if you can't love a big chunk of it, you're, you're really just not trying. Yeah. What, what took you out to Los Angeles? How long have you been there? Yeah, so I moved to California initially in 2005 from Minneapolis. So I was working at Oak Ridge Country Club in Minneapolis, and I was an assistant there. And a friend of mine was going to run a club in, in Palm Desert, where Travis Hill um, just blessed us with a great trap draw. But I moved to Palm Desert. Where they have the most racist high school Mascot name. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. No, we, yeah. <laughs> they bang on the Palm Springs Indians and they take pride in being the, you know, Palm Desert Aztecs. Um, and I won't even get into the ones in Indio, uh, but they're, they're really kind of cartoonishly offensive. Um, but yeah, I moved there in 2008. So, sorry, 2005. And then I left the desert when I got married in 2008 and moved to Santa Monica. Um, and I've lived here in Santa Monica ever since. I was married and was married for 10 years and, but remain living here. Well, Tron, you've been to my place. It's, it's a pretty quiet part of Santa Monica. Um, it's and, lovely. Yeah, it, no, it is. Golf and, got me out here, right? I was in the golf business and that's what got me out here. Just to be clear too, Santa Monica, look, when looking at the map, Santa Monica is technically not a part of LA. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like you think Venice is its own city. Venice is part of LA. You think Brentwood is, is a city, but Brentwood is a part of LA. Beverly Hills is its own city. Santa Monica is its own city. Culver City is its own city. Um, but Studio City is not its own city. <laughs> Studio, no, Studio city. city is not its own city. Sherman Oaks is not its own city. What about uh, Mosquito, like what, Tarzana? These things in the valley that you think are cities, technically they're LA. What about pa Pacific Palisades? Pacific Palisades is part of LA. Okay. And the way you know is when you drive around Los Angeles. When you're in the Palisades, you get the Navy street signs with the white border and the white letter lettering when you're in santa monica it's a bit more of a teal white letters yellow border so that's kind of your giveaway beverly hills you know you're not in los angeles because there are no homeless people and everything is extremely clean that's that's how you can tell right how do you how do you describe santa monica santa monica is a very um I mean, it's a very low-key city filled with really, you know, talented, ambitious people. And um, it's very, it's a city that values having um, m people with multiple income levels living in it. So 
there's rent control to say that like we want our teachers and firefighters and police officers and public servants to be able to live in Santa Monica. Um, whereas like places like Santa Barbara don't really have that. Um, Beverly Hills doesn't really have that, you know? So Santa Monica is probably about as far left on the liberal scale of politics as you get in California. Um, and it's a great city. It's also a tourist trap, you know? So when you watch the NBA finals and the Lakers are in and they do the flyover, here we are, LA, right? It's the, it's the Santa Monica Pier. It's the, it's the promenade. And, um, those places fill up with people from, you know, Columbus and Louisville and Dallas and Tokyo on the weekends, like crazy. It's, it's a world, it's a world destination, and fun the, place to live, but gets a little claustrophobic on the weekends and, and in the summer. And, and the drawback to Santa Monica is it's just kind of isolated over on the, over on the coast away from a lot of the rest of the city. Well, that would be the drawback, I'd say, to the Palisades. Okay. You know, Santa Monica has the 10, the 10 freeway that runs right down, you know, through the heart of it, and a train that brings rowdy teenagers in and, you know, can take people out if it wants to. Um, there's not a lot of drawbacks to Santa Monica, really. Um, it gets crowded on weekends with tourists, and the summers get a little hectic, but... And then you get marine layer, too, right? You get that, which is lovely. I, I like the variety of having a little marine layer and having some sweaters in the arsenal that I have to break out versus, you, you know, if you live in the valley, like it's, it's always hot, right? Like you don't get that. So fun to have that variety. Is Penmar your home golf course? No, uh, Randy, my home golf course is Soul Park in Ohio. Oh, there was sure. a time. Yeah. There was a time when I kept a handicap at Penmar, but I don't mind telling you that Penmar is probably the least inspiring nine hole golf course that I've ever been on in my life. There's, there's literally nothing happening at Penmar in terms of, uh, you know, it's packed, it's five sims, it's slow. The holes are really boring. Um, but at least you're outside playing golf and having fun, you know, but I don't go there much. What about uh, Rancho park? I know they've got a, a, a great co-ed program. Yeah. So Rancho is, um, Rancho is actually an excellent golf course. Um, and it's, it's been actually, it, you know, it's been trending lately because there's, there's some filming that's gone on there (laughs) that, um, you can't see unless you're over 18. I'll put it that way. Some influencers stopped by. Yeah. 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 It's incredible what you can do with a couple handheld cameras. And so Rancho's gained some notoriety of late. Um, but I was in the men's club at Rancho when I first moved here in 2008. It's where I met uh, my friend, Matt, who founded the company that I'm with now. And so my career now is largely thanks to being in the men's league at Rancho and meeting Matt. Um, but the city as a whole, when you talk about public golf, is, I hate to say this, but it's, it's, it's really bad. Los Angeles public golf scene. I mean, it makes sense though, right? Like it, land is, land is at a so expensive and, and yeah. water's at a premium and people don't have any time because they're probably sitting in traffic half the time, right? 
Yeah, well, you know what? It's I, I think LA gets a bad rap for traffic, and I only say that because I had a condo in Seattle for a while. That city's traffic is worse than Los Angeles. Um, but you know, there's a couple things that hurt it. It's it's not so much the water because some of the courses have a really good setup for, um, particularly Penmar has a wonderful setup for water, but. There's just so much demand and the clubs are, and the courses are run um, by people who don't really understand golf operationally. They might understand working for the park and rec division and have been assigned to the golf division. Um, But, you know, you'll see, you'll see things like experiments that last a year for like six minute tee times. So like one of my favorite uh, stories at Rancho is being in the, at, on the tee um, 30 minutes late for a tee time that, I, you know, you show up at nine, your tee time's at nine 30. The starter says you can't go till 10. You, you're on the tee at 10. The group in front of you is standing about 240 yards out. And as soon as the first one hits the starters, like, go ahead and hit now. You can hit now. I'm like, are you sure? Like this, this feels a little awkward, but um, yeah, it's, it's just hard when you have that many people and like six courses, you know, so they're in a really tough spot to manage that and run it. Um, I don't blame the starters and the people that work there for taking money under the table for sneaking groups out because I would do it. And um, it's just a tough scene. And, you know, there are some, chances to play like about 45 minutes to a half hour out the city that are decent. Um, But that's kind of what you have to do. You know, you've got to go. It's a lot like Atlanta in that regard. Like I think Atlanta is very, very similar as far as it is. Yeah. You know, no, like I used to spend a lot of time with Delta airlines and, and, and as such, I would be in Atlanta quite a bit. And it was, uh, what, what do they call it? OTP. Yeah, OTP. Yeah, once you get OTP, you, you're you're outside the the pruner. You had some some choices and some fun. Um, and and here it's like you know, I mean, yeah, I drive an hour and thirty minutes once a month for men's club at Soul Park because the course is great. The people are a lot of fun, and it's gorgeous to be in that in that valley in Ojai and. Golf here in the city, it just, it'll take the love out of the game for you because you're going to be there for six hours and it's, it's a mess, mm-hmm. frankly. Well, we didn't have you yeah. on to talk about golf. So you're making me a little uncomfortable yeah. with all this golf yeah. talk. And we'll, you know, yeah. we can, we can have you power rank the private courses of course. here in a little bit, but um, let's keep going through the neighborhoods. Like, like if you didn't live in Santa Monica, you, you want to play a little overrated, underrated? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> like where, yeah. where else would you want to live? Just like what, what springs to mind first? Yep. Okay. So if, you know, living the way we live now, I would say like, I love Santa Monica, but I could really see myself like in the middle of the city, like Hancock Park is a really interesting neighborhood and that's where Wilshire Country Club is. So if you've played there, that kind of uh, Larchmont Village, Hancock Park, I love that area. A lot of friends that live there. Um, I love Malibu, but it's a little close. It's a, you're, you're kind of 
stuck, right? Like the PCH is your only real artery in and out of there. Otherwise you're going over the Canyon in the back, but I love Malibu. It's a cool place. Um, I like cities more than, you know, sweeping views. So I would say Hancock park would probably be number one. I would tell you that like Sherman Oaks studio city is kind of sleeper, like really nice place to live. Fair walkability as well. I like the energy of being able to kind of walk and be like in Koreatown in like five minutes, right? Like I like the fact that once you're west, sorry, east of the 405, the city opens up tremendously. So like there's these pockets on the east side where you'll see a lot of action happening now in like Echo Park, in Silver Lake, in um, Los Feliz. Like those communities are really creative people wonderful food, great, you know, first of all, it's hot, right? Like once you get out to the east side, it's about 15 degrees warmer than when you're like deep west side here. Um, But those are really rich communities, you know, um, in terms of what you have culturally, things you can do, like variety and places to go. Um, Going back, why do you guys call them the, like, why is it the 405? Why isn't it just four? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So all of the freeways here kind of had a terminus, right? Like there was a place they were going. So the five freeway would take you to Santa Ana. So it was known as the Santa Ana freeway. The 10 freeway would take you to Santa Monica. So that was the Santa Monica freeway, you know, so that carried over and people still call it the 10, the 405. I mean, really, the 10 takes you to Jack's. We're on the other it, side of the 10, man. That's one way to look at it. But yeah, yeah, we, we could call it the Jacksonville <laughs> Freeway too. <laughs> what, uh, talk to me about the areas that folks like myself know only from popular culture, like Inglewood, yeah. Compton, South Central. Like what? Sure. Yeah. Renshaw. Yeah. Are, are those like as rough as we're led to believe what, what's, what are those areas of the city? Like, well, Inglewood's nice. I mean, so I think, you know, like I would break the city up like into four ways. Right. And, and what we're talking about largely is is kind of what Americans came to know through, um, you know, the movies, right. Like John Singleton's boys in the hood and through hip hop and like, you know, lyrics that they hear about being on Slauson, being on Crenshaw, right? And mm-hmm. so actually what you find in large parts of Inglewood are, are communities that are, you know, people have lived there, they own homes, and it's, it's, it's not what you think, right? You're not going to roll through and it's, it's a bunch of people in, you know, low riders with, you know, no shirt on and, and Dodger hats and Cincinnati Reds hats and gangbanging, right? It's not that. That is out there. But I think when you look at LA as kind of that upside down um, lamb chop on either side of like, let's say the bone part, kind of when you get by LAX, you have Inglewood, right? So Inglewood is now where the new Rams stadium is and Charger stadium. Um, so it's its own city. It has its own mayor who might be in some trouble. Um, but it's, I would say, you know, working class community, it's largely African-American on the other side of it. You have Compton 
Compton is, I mean, it's nicer than you think it is. There are people that, you know, have lived in their homes for decades there. There are sections of it that you don't want to go into, just as there are sections of Seattle you don't want to go into. Um, I think, you know, when you look at Ladera Heights, which is kind of above it, when you look at, um, there's nicer parts to it as well. And it's just kind of, I think culturally people look at it like this is where gangbanging happens and it's not really that. You know, this is where people raise families. This is where dad, you know, drives a truck for UPS and mom's a preschool teacher, right? And it's also a community where there's a lot of single parent families, you know, trying to raise kids in multi-generational homes and um, schools that kind of struggle because the brightest kids from those schools get taken and go to, you know, Oaks Christian 45 minutes away because they're good football players. So I think, I think the kid that plays defensive end for Oregon, Oh, I forget his name, but he's an absolute star and he should have gone to Crenshaw high school, but instead every day he took like a 50 minute drive to go to Oaks Christian, which is um, almost in Ventura County, you know? And so that story happens again and again and again and again from Baron Davis to you name it. Right. That's how it goes. So those communities could keep those kids there. Those schools might do a little bit better and uh, it'd be interesting. Laz, do you think my Cincinnati Reds fandom would be a liability in and around greater Los Angeles? I think your gate combined with the hat could be an issue. Yeah. I think, I think people might see your posture and think this guy's a blood, you know, Whereas if it was Tron, I, I wouldn't worry so much. I, I legitimately, I, I think I would, get, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you're a Reds fan. Oh, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. of, you know, what do you think of Luis Castillo? And they'd be like, yeah, move along, move along. Laz, <laughs> so, yeah, Laz. I mean, there's, there's basically four main gangs, five main gangs in Los Angeles, right? There's everybody knows the Bloods, the Crips, um, but there's also you know like the Salvadoran gangs, right? not to be messed with like MS 13 was as much as president Trump would have you have you believe it's a gang from El Salvador. It's actually a Los Angeles gang that kind of moved down into El Salvador and San Salvador through, you know, family connections of people that have moved here. Um, of course you have Asian gangs and you have the LAPD, which is kind of a gang and, um, <laughs> it's interesting, right? Like that culture is real, man. And like, Um, I would tell you like, you know, in a way you can make an argument that this city from the year 1870 has kind of been part of Mexico or Mexican. And it, it, it it still is in a lot of ways. Um, and you won't see the same gang presence that you would see in Inglewood that you'd see like in Boyle Heights, like on the East side, right? Like it's just different. And um, it's so big and there's people from so many countries and um, you got to kind of have your head on a swivel, but as long as you're not a complete idiot, you're, you're probably not going to get in any trouble. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cave on Thibodeau was the, uh, the defensive end. Yeah. 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 So incredible yeah. football player. Yeah. Uh, all I, right. think he, I think he would have gone to Dorsey or Crenshaw, but instead he went to 
Oaks Christian. Like, so you remember DeAnthony Thomas who played for Oregon, yeah. played for the Chiefs for a bit. Yeah. Like Crenshaw. Right. And that, that team like kept the good kids mm-hmm. and that was an awesome team, but it was the last time Crenshaw or Dorsey was good. You know, since then, like all these kids just go somewhere else and like, they don't all leave the city. Like when you look at Robert Woods, the Rams wide receiver Big and Robert Marquise Woods, Lee, who played wide out for the Jaguars. Yeah. They all go to Sarah, which is a private school, graduates about 100 kids a year, but it's in the city. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, let's do some, you know, overrated, underrated, or some power ranking. We got it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm itching to power rank something. Just Let's just start throwing shit out. Um, all right. Holmby Hills, overrated, underrated? Super underrated. Okay. Every time I drive through there, I'm like, this, this place it's, is sick. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, it's it's right next to Beverly Hills. Um, it's in Los Angeles. It's not in Beverly Hills, and it is beautiful. Uh, Century City, overrated, underrated. Um, underrated, mm. because it gives you a little bit of the downtown without having to go all the way downtown, and it also is home to a couple pretty solid golf courses. Yes. Uh, downtown. Overrated, underrated. Mega underrated. Like the food scene downtown is wonderful. There's enough fun bars. Um, we are excluding <laughs> Skid Row from this conversation, right? But like downtown is actually a lot of fun. And there's a lot of people that are in their 30s that are like, you know what? I'm going to live downtown and I'm going to have all of L.A. to choose from now, not just, you know, going to lock myself into the west side or east. It's it's good. It's good. Laurel Canyon. Overrated. Um, and outdated. West, had its day. That right. day is gone. Uh, Westwood. Overrated. Overrated. Also once uh, uh, a bit of a hang, but um, you know what? Like, I hate to say it. The, as, the, as the fortunes of UCLA basketball go, so goes Westwood. And right now it's not – it's overrated. Sorry. I hate that. TC's a big Mick Cronin guy. Yeah, uh, I like Mick Cronin. Right? I know, I know. Uh, what Honestly. about what about Studio City? I would say underrated. If because the only reason you would consider Studio City is if you're looking to like be a homeowner in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. It is close to um, places like Sherman Oaks and you know like Encino, which are a little bit more. You know, the, the, it's a higher price tag to get into Sherman Oaks and Encino than Studio City, say. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's part of the Valley, you know, but it's still kind of unique part. All right, I'm confused. How is there – How why is Rustic Canyon Golf Club called Rustic Canyon when Rustic Canyon is really down right next to Pacific Palisades? Yeah, so Rustic Canyon is down by Pacific Palisades. It's gorgeous. It's probably the nicest part of Santa Monica, I would say. You'd have to ask them, but I would remind you that Jeff Shackelford grew up in the Palisades, so perhaps had that name bouncing around his head a little bit. 
Um, and he was a key figure in, in designing and building that course. Um, shout out Rustic Canyon Restaurant on like 10th, 11th and Wilshire. Excellent. But yeah, that's a good question. I think Shaq could answer that for us. Okay. What, what about Venice? Overrated, underrated? Sadly, Venice is now overrated. Um, yeah, so the heart and soul of Venice is not Muscle Beach. It's not the tourist and like drugged out zone right along the beach. The heart and soul of it is Abbot Kenny, right? Abbot Kenny is the street that features some of the more that featured some of the more, I think, leading edge. If you're into clothes, right? Like some of the better designers would have clothes there. And now like suddenly there's like an Adidas store on Abbot Kenny. So it went from boutiques to corporate people will blame Snapchat right? And Google for kind of blowing up what was Venice. Um, but it, Venice was, you know, I would say 10 years ago, Venice was awesome. When Californication, if you remember that show, was kind of popping, Venice was popping. And now Venice just kind of sucks, frankly. Um, it breaks my heart to say that. Uh, Marina Del Rey, because we're on the subject of Venice. Overrated. What about Mar Vista? Underrated. Mar Vista's on the up, man. Like, it is, um, you know, you're seeing a lot of people who maybe moved here, like, in their early 30s, and they're starting families, and um, there's some cool little spots to grab dinner. You know, when they open back up, we'll see who makes it and who doesn't. But uh, I'm, I'm very pro Mar Vista. Uh, El Segundo. Um, I just thought that was a cool home, home of George Brett. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't have a very good reputation. So I want to say like, you know, there's a Chevron plant there. The oh, okay. That's where the, the yeah. air, you know, yeah. the air stinks in El Segundo, right? It is the, so it's, so it's properly know, rated. It's properly rated. Yeah. Uh, all right. Power rank then. Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach, Manhattan Beach. I would say Manhattan Beach won by a considerable amount. I would say, eh, personal preference, I'd go Redondo and then Hermosa in that order. The thing about Manhattan Beach, on any given Saturday in the fall, you feel like you're tailgating at a USC game. It's really strange. Like the number of USC homers that live there is almost uncomfortable. Um, Matt, my partner at work, and Chirag, my other partner, like they live in the South Bay there, which is kind of those communities. And they love it, right? Like you wouldn't live there if the beach wasn't important to you and your family in some way. Um, and it's a cool area, you know? It's just not necessarily my vibe. How, how do you power rank USC versus UCLA? I took the words right out of my mouth, Randy. Yeah, well, there's so many people that went to UCLA versus USC that, so people, you know, there's a saying that like UCLA runs Los Angeles, but really USC runs everything, right? USC as an institution, has tentacles that go into every industry that matters here, right? Movies, 
finance, healthcare, all of it. UCLA is more of a state institution and is the more obvious, like home of a lot of people that are going to be in anything from finance to, you know, government, right? But at least on the West side, I would tell you that USC seems to hold a little bit higher spot in the, in the hierarchy, but Los Angeles, Southern California on a whole UCLA for sure. Uh, Brentwood overrated, underrated. Brentwood is super overrated. Brentwood sucks. Oh, don't tell that to slash. (laughs) Well, okay. Look, so Brentwood is basically, um, yeah. Like when, listen, when, when OJ left, like, I'm sorry, but you know, you still have Fazio cleaners on San Vicente. So that's good. Um, you, you just had to get the Fazio cleaner shout out in there. You always ride yeah, for no, your boys for sure. Fazio um, cleaners. So there's not much great in Brentwood, right? Unless you're talking about like, hey, here's some really nice homes with tennis courts that are only 12 million bucks. Like there isn't much great happening in Brentwood. Your best restaurants are kind of all along San Vicente. They're all kind of a pain in the ass to get in and out of. The, I mean, look, it's it's looser for people. Like, if you're going to buy a house in either Santa Monica or Brentwood, the reason some people buy in Brentwood is because if you're going to do anything to that house, it's going to take you two years to get by all the committees and red tape you have to get through in Santa Monica. In Brentwood, you're, you're going to get all your permits in a month. So, like, there's just – depending on why you would want to live there – um, you're going to have a hard time proving to me that it's any better than anywhere else you can afford because there's just not much going on. Gotcha. More general questions in the, in the Los Angeles area. What, what are earthquakes like? Do you worry about those on a day-to-day basis? They're fun, man. Like you're, there's kind of, I would, I would classify them as two different kinds. There's kind of like the jarring shaker that like might throw you. And then there's like the rollers, right? That kind of feel like you're swaying. I would say, I don't, I'm not afraid of them at all. And tornadoes are far more terrifying by a mile than any earthquake. Um, I think the biggest one I've been in is like a six point something, maybe a five point something now that I think about it. But I've not been in anything that causes any major structural damage. I've been here since 2005 and... The longest they last is that I've felt is like maybe five seconds with an aftershock that was a second or two. That is maybe, I don't know, five seconds after the initial rattle. Um, It drives a lot of, you know, interesting codes for architecture here. It, I'm just not scared of them at all. I know people that are terrified of them that, you know, a friend of mine named Nate who's from Montana is like, you know, well, even though you're supposed to just get under a table, he will run out of any structure he's in to just get outside. (laughs) Gotta say. (laughs) Are there car chases every night on television? Car chases are awesome here. Um, I'd say once every couple of weeks, you get a good one, you know, um, last week we had someone who I think went for like an hour and a half. Sick. Yeah. And it's kind of created this culture of, you know, these news stations want the best helicopter and play by play guy doing 
you know, like it's it's, pr- it's prime guys. time television. What's the reasoning yeah, behind yeah, like, like why they like why there's car chases in in L.A. of all places? Yeah. What's the what's the common denominator there? Yeah, you don't you don't hear about car chases <laughs> anywhere else in the country. Yeah, um, I'm sure there are car chases, but there's probably not a fleet of helicopters for every news station, including Telemundo, Univision, like they're all on it. Right. And so you hear the helicopters, you know, it's up, right? Like they are going and it is a fun, I hate to say this, but it's a fun little way to watch people kind of threading down the four Oh five to the 10 cutting over like to the five and back down the six. It's, it's wild how far these people go. What's the most successful one you've seen? Um, I haven't seen a successful one. Gonna, how do you measure that. success? What, what, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. we're just length, right? You were saying an hour and a half. I'm not cheering for the police. Let's just put it that way. So I have not seen a successful car chase yet. Um, there of course was the famous bank robbery, um, that was caught on camera probably 20 years ago, but, um, I've not seen a successful car chase. What's the deal with uh, with Rancho Palos Verdes? I just so always see it on the map. Rancho Palos just, Verdes. It's just, it's just there. It's just out there. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're standing at that pier that NBC does the flyover for when they do the you know NBA finals, if you're standing in the pier and you look left on a clear day, you will see this kind of you know peninsula of land that comes out. And that is Rancho Palos Verdes. And it is gorgeous. You know, there's a little elevation. You're kind of up into some sweeping hills. So you kind of have Rancho Palos Verdes. You have Rolling Hills Estates. You have like Rolling Hill Country Club is there. And David McClay Kidd just redesigned it. And uh, Derek Lane, who's the head pro there, Minnesota guy, was kind enough to have a group of us out there to play. Um, You're certainly removed from Los Angeles when you're there. Like you don't feel like you're in the city at all, but because you're elevated, you get these incredible views of Los Angeles. Um, You're kind of forfeiting on living in the city when you live there, right? Like you are detached and it's going to take you half an hour to get to a freeway where you can get anywhere. But it would be what I would say is most like um, trying to relate it to a place. You know how like when you're on Long Island, you're on Long Island. I was going to say, it kind of reminds me like the north the north end yeah. of Long Island. like up by Yeah, like once you're there, you're there. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but it's cool. Um, you know, a friend that lives there. When I left the reserve club in Palm Desert, the company that had built the reserve was building a resort nine-hole par three course called Terranea. And I had a chance to work there. And it's one of the cooler par three golf courses you'll see with ocean views and um, really unique place. But it's, you know, it's linked to housing and like uh, kind of like a, you know, resort slash residence combination place. Um, But the UCLA women's golf team spends a lot of time uh, out there at Palos Verdes golf course. Like what's the vibe out there? Is it just kind of like people that want to get away from things and yeah, the vibe out there is like, you know, it feels like you're 20 years behind. Right. Um, it's just slower, man. It's just slower. It's like very residential, you know, like 
feels like everyone walks down to their mailbox with the coffee in hand. And like, it's just, it's a slower pace of life. Like you are removed from the city when you're there. What's San Pedro like? That's where the barrio meets the beach, man. That is not exactly um, the softest place. Like if you're showing up with your family, um, you you know, might want to look into that before hanging out down there. Um, So San Pedro is, is, is a working class beach town, right? Like a lot of longshoremen. um, Like right next to the port there. Yeah. Like the reason it's, yeah, it's the port, right? So what does that typically bring? apart from hookers and heroin, like, you know, bars, um, that kind of culture. Right. So it's a port town. And then what about long beach? Long beach is massive. So, um, it is, I mean, it's huge. And there are parts where like Virginia country club is that you would swear you're in like the North shore of Chicago, like that kind of architecture. It's kind of, um, really kind of that idyllic suburban feel. There are parts that, you know, you feel like you're in a, it's, there's some really rough spots at Long Beach, you know, like extremely rough and it feels very industrial probably because it's so large. And it also feels like it is going to be that way forever. Like it serves a purpose you know, it's also kind of part port city as well. Um, it's not somewhere I'd ever want to live. Enough said. Yeah. I, I don't think we've hit Hollywood yet. Well, Hollywood's an armpit, right? Like that, the, the things that surprised me the most when I moved to Los Angeles was how gross Hollywood was. Hollywood sucks. It's dirty. It smells. It's, it's bad. Right. Like West Hollywood, which obviously a lot of people associate with, you know, it's, it's kind of the homosexual capital of Los Angeles. It's, it's a beautiful town, right? Like it's its own city. Um, people that live there are really proud of their homes, of their community. It's great. There's some good restaurants there that um, I highly recommend. Hollywood is more touristy. It's more, you feel like, like, you know, like when you'd go to a mall as a kid and like Spencer's, that store was just kind of like the shitty store, right? It sold like the sketchy stuff. That's Hollywood. Like, it's not, it's not great. I'm not into it. Right. But then like, you know, you watch Ray Donovan and he's got the, the apartment and it's got the overlook of sunset and like, there's some nice spots. Don't get me wrong. But by and large, Hollywood's total armpit. Yeah. Do you know why? Southern California is the cinema hub of the United States. A little trivia for you guys. I don't. Laz? Really? I do not. So it goes back to Thomas Edison. His motion pictures company held like every pertinent film patent forever. And so all the people uh, somehow about California and and when the state was forming and – they couldn't get sued for patent infringement being out in California. Huh. So everybody went west, and that's why it eventually became the hub of motion pictures. Okay. Laz, Fun yeah. grocery stores. I know you got takes. I should tell you that I am the son of, uh, you know, my dad worked in the warehouse at Super Value in Hopkins, um, Minnesota, for years. So... 
Yeah. And it was a red owl kid growing up. Like I love super, I love super value, but yeah, supermarkets. Well, and then you had some, some experience out, in, out in the desert. Um, what was yeah. the one that, that Jensen came so highly recommended by thrill Jensen's and you said it's Jensen's it, it totally lives up to the high ending. Yeah. yeah. It's outstanding here. Really. It kind of goes like there's Vons, which was, it's now owned by Albertsons, right? But Vaughn, you're kind of either Vaughn's or Ralph's, right? Vaughn's is the worst. <laughs> um, Ralph's is a little bit better, right? And Ralph's is a Kroger brand. Um, That's why so it's if better. You, if, if, you, if you know the movie The Big Lebowski, right? Of course. Like he's got his Ralph's card. Yeah. I think the movie starts in a Ralph's. Like, I wish I lived closer to a Ralph's, but I don't. Because I would buy my staples there. But so where do you shop? Um, well, I mean, I shop at, I shop at Whole Foods or the co-op. We have a co-op mm. about three blocks from my house. So I go to the co-op a lot. Santa Monica. O- honest question. It, it, it's yeah. only a real co-op if you have to work there. Are you putting in hours at the co-op? No, I take my annual dividend. Oh my God. I can there. Okay. Yeah. That's scummy. I'm not afraid to pay their higher prices. Go but, over to REI um, and shit on them too, Randy. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. No, I like co-ops, but <laughs> do, I you, like, do you go work at REI? Uh, no, but it's not a real co-op. It's a, it's a fake co-op. I like the co-ops okay. where they make I, you I, work I can, hours. I have time for that. I have time for that, but I would tell you, so Vons is the, of the big chains, like Vons sucks, but it's big. Uh, Ralph's is better. That's a Kroger deal. I think your prepared foods are better at Ralph's. A sleeper is this kind of up and comer called Vallartas, which is mm, new player you know, started by, yeah, started like by a Mexican guy. And like the, the, the Mexican cheese section at Vallartas is going to be a lot different than it is at Vons, right? So it's kind of like for Mexicans by Mexicans. And I might add like there's pinball machines in them that are great. So really? like if you get near Vallarta's, go there. The by the way, the dips they have, like the verde dip, um, is incredible. So highly recommend Vallarta's. TC would beat that up. You kind of have another level. You, you can have another level, which is like a lot of places have Whole Foods, Gelson's, Bristol Farms, right? I'm not going to talk about Trader Joe's on on this list at all. I know you guys like them. Um, I, I don't. I don't consider them like a real grocery store. Or real I'm not falling for. Yeah, they're just yeah. rebranders of frozen yeah. goods. Is what they I'm are. With you. Um, but the 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 elevator goes no higher than Air One, which is the absolute pinnacle of grocery store. And I've been to Byerly's, I've been to Jensen's. I've been to some really. Have nice you been to stores. Wegmans? Yeah, Air One is. Heads and shoulders. Have you been to the Central Market in, uh, what is that, no. in San Antonio? All the or? Texans are going to come after you. Yeah, in, in Fort Worth. And- you know what? I Bring all the Texans and I will show them. I'll put it this way, right? Like, here's, here's, a, good, here's a good metric, the rotisserie chicken metric. At Vons, a rotisserie chicken, chicken is $7. At Whole Foods, it's about 11 bucks. At Erwan you're lucky if you find one under 25 bucks. Those things it's are like 25 free. to $30. Those things are free range. And as my daughter Stella says, dad, don't be so cheap. It's an investment in your own health. Right. And I'm like, no, we're not getting that chicken. We're going to, you know, we're out of here. Right. Um, How do you spell air ones? 
Er- Erwan is E R E W H O N. It's Erdogan. It's it's a Turkish brand. Yeah. <laughs> but it is um Erwan like market. Huh. Really good water selection um rivaled only by maybe like our co-op has a really good water selection too, but Erwan's waters are through the roof good. I tell you where I really like like every time I'm every time I'm in town um it's probably a chain um but it's really good i get a sandwich there sometimes uh mendocino farms yeah mendocino farms is at that interesting place in growth where i think if they add one or two more locations they have to start listing the caloric value of their meals on the menu and they're not quite ready to do that yet but it is it is excellent Nice salads, great sandwiches. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm all in on Mendocino Farms. Very good. Do you uh do you always fly out of LAX? Or do you or you do you do you dabble? <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, I when I went to the NIT in Jacksonville, I flew American Airlines with Desert Duffer from the Burbank Airport, the Bob Hope Airport delightful airport. Um, the sleeper of all airports is Long Beach because it is served by JetBlue, which is one of the two best airlines in America. Well, JetBlue's coming um, deep into LAX now. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the other, what's the other top airline? Uh, Randy, I would like to qualify this and tell you that I worked in aviation for nine years. This is going to be a bad um, answer. This I is going to be a bad answer. Extremely closely with every major airline in America and all the low cost carriers and pretty much, and when I say, I, I should say the Americas, but Delta airlines far and away operationally fleet wise, product wise, it's not close. I totally um, agree. I, I actually agree as well. I'm yeah. glad you yeah. said that. It's absolutely not close. Anyone who tells you, oh, Southwest is the best airliner. Oh, I love Alaska. They're great. They operate one kind of plane, and that is an incredible advantage. Like Delta operates like 12 different airframes, and they do it at an incredibly consistent level. And they do so like their branding, their service level. Sky clubs. It's, yeah, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little miffed still that they got rid of uh, the Conair affiliates and moved the headquarters out of Cincinnati down to Atlanta. Yeah, but you know what you're going to see now is like I think what's really interesting is how Delta Private Jets has kind of not been so much about building a brand as some other um, private jet networks are, but building like a very serviceable network that is really strong, you know, um, and that maintains its base out of, how do you say it? Erlanger? Erlanger? Yeah. Erlanger. Erlanger. Yeah. So no, Delta is a beast of a company. They're awesome. Um, and you look at like United, right? So United. Tread, tread carefully. This is, these are, these are TC's new friends. He's turned his back on Delta. Out of necessity. No, no. Out of convenience. No, I get upgraded all the time. They're they're buying your loyalty. Buy it. <laughs> they're bad. They're bad. They're bad hombres. Bad people. No, I like that Scott Kirby guy. <laughs> he's he's shaking shit up over there. Well, so yeah, United's interesting in that they operate 
a lot of different aircraft models on two different maintenance softwares, which causes a ton of problems for them. Listen, Les, and for sure. They, they seem, of course. Eyes wide open seem, there. They seem to misstep every possible way they can um, with regard to, you know, from like taking tin cans away from Muslim women who might use them as weapons to, you know, kicking autistic kids off planes to... Listen, we don't have to relitigate the dog. Like the, the dog and the, yeah, the dog and the overhead. Yeah, United is kind of like the gang that can't shoot straight, you know? Like, literally, oh, they're cleaning it up, the guys. last piece of good news you've heard about United. It's just, you don't hear any. Right? Per like personal experience has been great. I'll say this. TC and I have been just desperately trying to shoehorn a trip on Singapore Airlines into about any trip we've taken. It's beautiful. Like, yeah. when we went yeah. to Houston, we almost flew through uh, Singapore. Just for the experience on Singapore Airlines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the A380 fleet was uh, a product that we sold and supported to them. Um, the crew rest modules where, you know, on these long flights, the flight attendants would would stay there but um, and take their naps and whatnot. Well, Laz, but, it's, it's interesting you bring that up. I was reading earlier about the A321 uh, XLR that's going to be doing these long, you know, long haul flights. Yeah. But the problem is there's nowhere for the crew to rest. Yeah. I think, you know, another thing that if I was an executive in the airline industry, I would say, listen, we, we are going to have to like survive this pandemic. And some of the things that we can do operationally are absolute handcuffs to us that could be loosened. Right. So for example, the second you get to 150 passengers on a plane, you need three flight attendants. When you get to 200, you need the fourth flight attendant, right? That's, so, all, that's all union stuff, right? No, that's all FAA stuff, oh, Okay. right? So for example, you're going to fly, let's say Southwest Airlines, right? And you're going from Los Angeles and you're going to go to Dallas Love Field. And it's Southwest, so they got 172 seats on that plane. And... That means they have four flight attendants and nobody on that plane is getting a sandwich. Nobody on that, like deal with it folks, right? We're going to give you water on this pass. We're going to come pick up the glasses and then you might be able to buy a beer when we come back. Like you should be able to manage that with two people. The problem is of course you have the overwing exits, who's going to operate those. And so I okay. think that's somewhere where the airline should be fighting to say, like, I mean, we, we need a break here. You know, um, passenger count versus flight attendant is, is one thing that seems inefficient to me. Laz, would you like to break up the airlines? <laughs> do, do we have too no. much consolidation? No, no, no. I think I, think I would let... Honestly, like there are, there are industries in our country that are essentially duopolies. We just don't like to call them duopolies, but yeah. they are. Right? Like the, the business I'm in, which is lab testing, is LabCorp Quest, right? Um, if you had a world where there was essentially a couple major international players that were U.S.-based, I would say like American and Delta would be your two front runners no. oh, there. Oh, 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 I love it. Spicy take. You know, I mean, here's, here's what I'll say about, I, I'm, I'm not banging on United, but like here's one cultural thing that you should keep in, in mind is like when you go sell to American Airlines, 
you're not going too far from Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. When you go sell Delta Airlines, you're not going too far from... No, they're at the, you know, they're at the airport. Right? Yeah. When you go sell United, you're going to the Sears Tower in downtown Chicago. Fat cats up there. It's Fat not, cats. Not, I don't think they're in the Sears Tower anymore. I think they're down the street. But Okay. I think they renamed that tower. You're downtown, too. right? <laughs> it's interesting. But that's a, that's an offer. That's, a, that's something. Whereas I feel like American is essentially turned into... Like it's all the same people. Doug Parker and his in his in his band of flunkies, they they've all come over and been with it since the America West, you know, yeah. U.S. Air. Deal. They got some and good new and birds running it like a freaking discount airline, right? And guess what? They have a great team of engineers that you know, like there there's engineering pockets in North Carolina and Pittsburgh, and like there's a lot of talent in the Amer- under the American umbrella. But they're always going on strike. They're like calling out of work, right? They were having all that trouble last year, pre pre pandemic. Yeah, no, I mean, and mechanics too, you know. Yeah, no, I mean that's bad labor you know, relations there. In America unions in America. What are, what are you going to do, right? Yeah. Like it's. I think I the all right. Going back to the airports, John, yeah. John Wayne. Um, Long Beach is like LAX isn't dominated by any one airline. So yeah. if you know what you're doing, right? If you know what you're doing. Um, it's fine. And what you should be doing is considering Southwest because it's terminal one and it's very easy to get in and out of. Or if you know how to take the shortcut across, like honestly, it's not that bad of an airport if you know what you're doing. You stay as far away from the international terminal as you can. Wow. Some some, some harsh words for Tom Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. It's a zoo. It's a zoo. Um, and then, and, and then Americans deep into Burbank, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then a lot of people also like, I mean, look, the second you get to John Wayne or Ontario, that's an hour driving. I would drive to John Wayne just to, It's so stress-free, though. Just to be able to enjoy that place. It's wonderful. Okay, but like Long Beach is stress-free. Um, I don't know how people don't have clear by now. If you travel a lot and you don't have clear, then you need to reevaluate. I'm with planning. you. I'm with you, dog. You know? um, I get to LAX 45 minutes before I missed one flight this summer. And that was because I was flying a low cost carrier called Sun Country mm. against my will. Hate that. Mm. Hate that. Mm. Yeah. All right. I got last question yeah. I got for you, Laz. In and out burger, overrated, underrated. And what's your order? Vastly overrated. Oh my and gosh. We'll tell you that it's overcooked all the time. They toast the bun. The lettuce is too much lettuce. It's 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 fine, but like I'm you know, it's like the only fast food my daughter eats, so I kind of go there for that. But um I don't love it. I think Five Guys is far superior. I, I think a good Wendy's run is actually better than an average um, in and out. God, oh my can, can God, that's so hot on you. I, I, listen, love, I like the take and I respect it though. <laughs> Laz is a shitster. This is what people have to recognize. Laz, you don't want me to tell you Laz, that people I, should wait I, 45 minutes for a burger that's overcooked with like a toasted I've bun? I've never well, waited no, I, I can just tell you there. as somebody who grew up in Ohio that lived in, in the shadow of the great Dave Thomas and Wendy's, it, it is among like the the McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, like, like you're, you're, ubiquitous fast foods, Wendy's is the best. 
Of course. Yes. Of course. Yeah. But you cannot compare Wendy's to In and Out. That's that's egregious. It's a little irresponsible. Well, Randy, I would remind you that they neither of the two chains freeze their meat. So there is some similarity there. And that's how Wendy's has chili. Randy always gets the 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 heebie jeebies from the from the kids working. <laughs> I should tell you that I at the in and out yeah. a good a good Wendy's run. A good Wendy's run. Like a Wendy's on a bad run is terrible. Well, and that's the problem is there's not enough consistency. It's a pure, it's a pure roll of the dice, whether it's a good Wendy's run or a bad Wendy's run. Right. Whereas in and out, you're consistently going to wait too long for an overcooked burger Uh, on a toasted bun. No. And you're going to think you it's worth it. I'll say this. Five guys is okay. I I mean, five five guys guys is good. They keep, it's just way expensive. They they overexpanded too. And they they keep closing locations. What's the deal with Jack in the box? I've never been, I don't listen. I mean, I will eat fast food occasionally, but maybe I'll stick to the, you know, listen, I knew, I know McDonald's. I was a McDonald's kid growing up. So I'll go there. I forgot. I I should have considered (laughs) they were talking to a guy that shops at air wand. Yeah. I, I, I will go to a Hardee's when I'm in the Midwest, but I would never go to a Carl's jr. I would never go to a Jack in the box. I would never go to a Sonic. I would never. I would go to a Whataburger. I've been to a Whataburger. I would go uh, to a Sonic and just get a drink. Can should yeah, we like discuss? Ice is so good. <laughs> so we should probably discuss the fried chicken scene here. I know nothing about it. Okay, there's Roscoe. what a lot of people fall for is Roscoe's chicken and waffles, and it's good. It's good. Um, but we now have two Gus's. We have a Gus's in Long Beach, and we have a Gus's off. Pico and Crenshaw, and we have a lot of Popeyes. We have a lot of Louisiana fried chickens, but um, nothing comes close to the Gus's locations we have here. Is Gus's uh, out of Memphis? Yes, it is. I've never and been. It's, it's life affirming. It's incredible. Hmm. It's check absolutely it out. incredible. All right. I've got a fast food chain named after both my sons. There's a, there's Freddy's and there's and there's Gus's. The best food we have well, here. You have guys, a daughter. Guys. You got to name her Wendy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. I mean, this is the number one culinary city in in America, in my opinion. Um, and so, it's a scene where a lot of people cook at home, and you know, you might save up and have a special night like once or twice a month and go out. Um, but the restaurant scene is yeah. incredible here. Absolutely incredible. Do you see yourself in LA long-term? It seems like um, a hard place to, to really yeah. be comfortable if, if, like long-term, right? Just yeah. because it's so yeah. expensive. I mean, when I do that thinking, right, like my, my end game thoughts are often like I would summer in like Santa Barbara or sorry, like winter in Santa Barbara and like summer in like Duluth, right? Or like somewhere on the North Shore of Superior. Um, LA, the, the problem with the West is like we, it's slowly happening, but like we're starting to have what's what I would call fire season where like parts of the, you know, like the hillsides just catch fire and everything's just, you know, air quality. And I'm a little worried about the West from that perspective, but um yeah i mean in the right place with the right group group of friends like it's it's hard to equate golf like where i grew up in minneapolis like you could do well and join a nice club for like 
20 grand or a super nice club, like for 50 grand, mm -hmm. right? Where if you want to join Riviera, like it's a cool 300 grand and it's not an equity club. <laughs> You're not even like a full member, right? <laughs> and so the dues are a thousand and like if they're, sorry, dues are two thousand. I remember when I first got married and we actually kind of started to look into it, started in the process there and they're like, well, okay, as a young executive, Laz, you can play. Um, it was something like you could play six times a year. You couldn't bring your wife, but you could play six times a year. That was $90,000 <laughs> plus 2000 a month dues. Then there was like another level where my wife could play with me and I got up to 12 rounds a year and that was like 150 or like the full year a member was 250 plus some type of donation to a charity. So effectively it was like 300. Um, and <laughs> You know, it's like a non-equity deal, and and you're just like and, that's, and that's, dues are another seventy-five to a hundred a year, or no. uh, or sorry, sorry, uh, like 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 fifteen to twenty a year. year. Yeah. yeah, 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 like twenty-five a year. And so, um, not to say that it's any cheaper in Santa Barbara, right? But like, golf's a big part of my life. So when I look at long-term thoughts, I think about like where would I where would I play golf, and what kind of things would I do around the game, and I think. I'd have more fun playing up in Santa Barbara area than I would down here. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like, Ojai's... I was going to say, why don't you just move to Ojai? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ojai's, you know, Ventura is kind of a nice compromise. Like, it's 20 minutes from Ojai. It's a little bit more of a city. Ojai's pretty sleepy. Yeah. You know, and we thought hard about our daughter going to school there next year and... Um, you know, we would have relocated to, to have her go there and it, it would have been great. Um, there's a local restaurateur here who just, his name's Josh Loeb. He's got Rustic Canyon. He's got Milo and Olive. He's got the best ice cream place in town. And he's a Santa Monica guy. And he was like, I'm out of here. And he just left. He lived in Rustic Canyon in a, in a great little house. And he, he was like, we're out of here. We're moving to Ojai. And they run the restaurant group from there. So um, the pandemic has shown us that a lot of people are leaving LA for different reasons. You know, a lot are going to places like North Carolina, some are going to Texas, some are going to Idaho, um, and a handful of people are picking up and going to like smaller towns like Ohio. Awesome. Uh, Laz, I felt like we, uh, God, we were just hitting our stride there a little bit with the, with the airports and the, and the fast food, but, uh, we'll, we'll bid you adieu here. Thank you so much for the insight and knowledge. And, uh, like we said, after our last LA, uh, preview, I'm, I'm not sure we've, I, I don't think we'd left anything out there. I think we actually checked all the boxes this time. Yeah. Last time was, you know. Do, do you want a cold, fast ranking of your private golf scene here in LA? Yeah, with the yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, close um, on that. The, the North Course at LA, number one, Riviera, two. I'm going to piss some people off here, but the New Hillcrest is three. Um, I would say, personally, I'm going to throw Bel Air four, Wilshire five, and... I'm throwing Lakeside down to six. There you wow. have it.
strap. Yeah. I remember nights. I didn't remember nights. I damn near went crazy. I had to get it right. Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper. The absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who